listener production. Hey there, Bensi on Seabit with you. If you've been listening to us for a while, you'd probably know Antoinette Latouf is one of our co-hosts here at The Briefing. Just before Christmas, Antoinette was sacked by the ABC after day three of a five-day stint filling in on Sydney mornings. The ABC said she was terminated because she shared a Human Rights Watch social media post about their report accusing Israel of using starvation as a weapon of war in its conflict with Hamas in Gaza. The ABC actually published a story on the same Human Rights Watch report in the same week. The public broadcaster claimed Antoinette was in breach of its social media policies and Antoinette was told she was no longer required. She's taken them to Fair Work Australia, claiming wrongful termination. In the wake of Antoinette's dismissal, nine newspapers revealed a group calling themselves Lawyers for Israel heavily lobbied the ABC. Leaked WhatsApp messages show the group with more than 150 members discussing how they should write to ABC management demanding Antoinette be taken off air. Journalists at the broadcaster threatened to walk off the job this week if management didn't address the reports it had reacted to outside influence. ABC Managing Director David Anderson wrote to staff this week denying there had been any outside influence in the decision to sack Antoinette. He said in a statement the ABC considers its independence as paramount and said, quote, the ABC rejects any claim that it has been influenced by any outside pressure, whether it be an advocacy or lobby group, a political party or commercial entity. Kenneth Ross is a former executive director of Human Rights Watch and now visiting professor at, Pr- at Princeton School for Public and International Affairs. The briefing's Sasha Barbagat spoke with him earlier today. Kenneth, thanks so much for joining us on The Briefing today. What did you think when you learned that a journalist had been sacked for reposting this Human Rights Watch story on Instagram, uh, claiming that Israel was using starvation as a weapon against the people of Gaza? Well, I I went to look at the Instagram posting and I couldn't believe how innocuous the posting was that got her fired. Because this was a, a short video that Human Rights Watch had produced, summarizing also a you know, relatively short report about how the Israeli government was using starvation of civilians as a method of war in Gaza. And this was like so uncontroversial. I mean, it's so obvious that this is what Israel is doing. You know, if you just look in the last couple of days, you know, one UN official after another is saying the exact same thing. I mean, um, a group of UN experts said that a quarter of the people in Gaza are facing starvation, that they're starving. The head of the World Food Program, who's um, Cindy McCain, an American, is actually quite conservative when it comes to Israel. She says that there are crisis levels of hunger facing 93% of the people in Gaza. She was complaining that just miles away, there's food sitting on trucks and the people are starving within Gaza because Israel's not letting them in. And if you look at a global level, the UN reports that 80% of the people today who are facing um, severe hunger problems are in Gaza for the entire world. So, you know, that's the UN talking. I mean, this is, you know, utterly uncontroversial. And when you look at why is this, I mean, aid officials, one after the other, blame Israel. They say that Israel is putting up bureaucratic obstacles, that that's the big part of it. The trucks just wait for days to get through these inspections. If, if one item on a truck is found to be wanting in some ways and Israel is like rejecting things for, you know, unspecified reasons, 
then they have to start all over again and wait days again. So there you know, are, are huge problems of trucks just waiting and waiting and waiting in Egypt. And then even if the food gets into Gaza, there's not enough fuel because Israel won't let in the fuel. Mm-hmm. So there are not enough trucks able to distribute the food within Gaza. So the idea that you know Israel is using starvation as a weapon of war is you know proven over and over and over again. And Human Rights Watch was you know one of many people who reported on this. Antoinette Latouf posted this video summarizing these findings, and that got her fired. You know, it's just remarkable that this is you know a, a, just a basic factual report on a critical issue gets a journalist fired. Mm. Well, Israel has rejected the claims, and I want to ask the question in terms of impartiality, of journalists needing to remain impartial. And in fairness to the ABC, do you think posting that particular story could have suggested that Antoinette was taking sides? It was factual reporting. I mean, if you, you know, if she had said Hamas slaughtered a bunch of Israeli civilians on October 7th and abducted, you know, a couple of hundred people into Gaza, that would have been accurate. That would have been critical of Hamas. That would have been describing war crimes. Would that have gotten her fired? You know, no. You know, there are serious abuses on both sides. And a journalist's responsibility, if they're purporting to cover the conflict in Gaza, is to report those abuses. So that includes, you know, the way Israel's bombing, what, you know, what, what Joe Biden calls, you know, indiscriminate bombing, the, the attacks on military targets that are causing disproportionate harm to civilians because Israel keeps dropping these huge 2,000-pound bombs with devastating consequences for the civilians around. Um, you know, these are things that one has to report. And then in addition to the way the war is fought, there is the siege. There are just, you know, the drips and drabs of humanitarian aid that are being allowed in that obviously are insufficient because you have this widespread hunger, this looming famine that the UN, that every humanitarian agency there describes. So how can a reporter talk about Gaza and not talk about this huge, horrible part of the conflict? Mm. I want to ask you how common this is across the rest of the world where we see journalists being sacked or disciplined for posting, and this is to use the ABC's term, controversial content. Do we see that anywhere else? You know, I think different media outlets have different policies with respect to social media. Most encourage their journalists to use it because it is an important way of getting the word out. I mean, of course, you know, you want people to listen to your radio broadcast live. You know, if you're on TV, you want people to watch you on TV live. If you put out a newspaper, you want people to buy the newspaper. But in today's world, lots of people don't do it that way. They go on social media and they follow the links, and that's how they learn about what's going on. And so if a media outlet really wants to get word out, it doesn't rely on the one thing it does, you know, just the radio, just the TV, what have you, but it also encourages journalists to to spread the word via social media. Now, obviously, they have to maintain journalistic standards. You would expect that. I did this at Human Rights Watch. I encouraged the researchers and the advocates to use social media, but I said, you got to maintain our standards. You don't get to sort of put out whatever you want. You've got to have the same rigor, the same factual orientation, the same principled commitment in our written reports as you do in social media. That's, you know, fair enough. Um, But in this case, what ABC apparently said is, don't put anything controversial on social media. 
it was just critical of Israel. And as I was saying, you know, if, if she had posted something highly critical of Hamas, I can't imagine anybody would have said, that's controversial, you're fired. You know, and indeed, if you think about the many other things that Human Rights Watch reports on, you know, whether it's, you know, the mass detention of, of Uyghurs in, in, by China in Xinjiang, or, you know, Russian indiscriminate bombing of, of Ukrainian cities, or, you know, the, the devastating conflict in Sudan. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. These are, you know, terrible things. Nobody likes to be criticized, but that's what human rights reporting is about. And that's an important part of what journalism is about. Mm. I'm keen to get a better understanding of why you think this conflict has become so quote unquote controversial. And I go back to your point about, you know, we'd never say it's controversial to say Russia has bombed Ukraine indiscriminately or that the Chinese have been persecuting the Uyghurs. Why is it that we're seeing this controversy surrounding anything to do with commenting on what Israel is doing? Why has it become that sort of conflict? I think part of it is that, you know, many Western governments, you know, the US government, the British government, the Australian government, are pretty strong backers at Israel. You know, the US government is funding the Israeli military to the tune of 3.8 billion US dollars a year. It is selling massive arms. So this is not just, you know, some government out there bombing civilians. This is a government bombing civilians with massive Western military support. You know, so I think what makes this controversial is the active Western complicity and the fact that, you know, very few Western governments are willing to criticize Israel. Now, there are exceptions. You know, Belgium has been good. Spain has been good. Ireland. But you know, it, it's a handful. And, and most governments are still sort of reflexively backing Israel. You know, of course, our hearts went out to the Israelis after October 7th. The Hamas attack was horrible. One, one naturally, you know, sympathized with Israel at that point. But that doesn't and shouldn't give Israel license to then rip up the Geneva Conventions, just as Hamas did, and commit war crimes in response. Because a basic premise of the Geneva Conventions is war crimes by one side do not justify war crimes by the other. And one requirement of the Geneva Conventions is that you allow access to humanitarian aid for civilian populations in need. The civilian population of Gaza is desperately in need. And indeed, it's so bad that Kareem Khan, the International Criminal Court Chief Prosecutor, who, to be honest, is like quite conservative when it comes to Israel. He's very reluctant to criticize. But even he said, if you don't allow in humanitarian aid at scale, I think was his term, don't be surprised when my office issues war crimes charges. Yeah. And before we let you go, I wanted to ask you what the wider ranging impacts of this are on journalism, but also on, you know, how we as a society look at our democratic rights to things like freedom of speech and being able to express our opinions. Well, I worry about journalists because, I mean, there has been a big reaction to the firing of Antoinette Latouf. And so, that, you know, that's the good news. I mean, journalists are banding together. They're clearly outraged this happened. They, they feel it's, you know, profoundly wrong. And so this may end up, if the decision gets reversed, it could end up setting a positive lesson. But for the time being, the lesson is very negative because it suggests that you can do nothing wrong, really, in terms of journalism. You can just criticize Israel. And a nervous management, you know, afraid of the repercussions of being seen as critical of Israel, is going to fire you. It's going to try to censor you. That's not what, you know, 
even a, a two-bit media outlet should do, you know, let alone a prestigious outlet like ABC. So, you know, I really would have hoped that they had higher journalistic standards than that, that they recognize that, you know, this is one of the most important issues out there right now, that the Australian public can't understand it well without understanding what both sides are doing, and that a huge part of what Israel is doing wrong is using starvation of civilians as a weapon of war. Everybody there says that, you know, every single UN agency, every single humanitarian agency says this. It's obvious. And all Antoinette Latouf did was report it and she got fired. Kenneth Roth, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us on the briefing today and uh, speak in defence of our friend and colleague Antoinette Latouf. We appreciate your time. That was Sasha Barbagat speaking with Kenneth Roth, former executive director of Human Rights Watch. We'll keep following Antoinette's journey and offering complete support for our friend and colleague. Here's a bit of what Antoinette told a press conference after today's Fair Work Commission hearing. The matter didn't resolve today, um, but the fight continues and I'm willing and prepared to fight for as long as it takes. And I want to take a moment to thank the millions of people around the country, so much support around the country, but also overseas. And this is such an important case because it's not just about me. It's about free speech. It's about racism. It's about the important role journalists play in truth-telling. That's all for your afternoon briefing today. Be sure to check your feed tomorrow from 6, where we'll talk through what actually works to stop people overdosing at music festivals. It follows on from this morning's briefing on the rise and rise of ketamine in Australia. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at The Briefing, maybe you have an idea for an episode or you'd like to have your say, just go to our Instagram page and send us a message. Search The Briefing on Instagram. I'm Ben Sion Siebert. Thanks for listening. <laughs>